0: The New Zealand Tech Podcast. Brought to you by Guerrilla Technology. Proactive and strategic IT. Greetings and welcome along to the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, this episode we are streaming live on Facebook for those who are interested in uh, in catching it as it happens. Uh, and of course we are podcasting as well and the podcast will be available through itunes and all the usual channels uh new zealand tech podcast our website is NZTechpodcast.com uh if you do want to uh, want to sign up all right well let's uh let's jump uh straight in i'm paul spain
1: i'm emma Branham and i'm pauline Stockhausen.
0: well great to have you both on the new zealand tech podcast thank you for coming on
2: good to be here thanks for inviting now, me
0: Um, Emma, maybe you can uh, remind listeners where you fit into this world of of tech and media.
2: Well, nowadays, you can normally find me behind the scenes at three um, and occasionally on camera talking about all things gadgety. And you know me, Paul, anything to do with robots, I absolutely love.
0: You do. It's great. And Pauline, our social media guru.
1: Yep. What was the question?
0: (laughs) Well, we, I've kind of just cheated and, and given it away. I was a, was asking where well, you fit into this world of of tech and and media. And, oh
1: um, wow, I'm a social media strategist. So anything social media, I'm pretty got my fingers in the pies.
0: Cool. Well, we will we will jump in and. Um, uh, Pauline will be keen to chat with you a little bit around social media marketing world, which is just uh, finished in San Diego yep. a few days ago. We were both there, so um, we'll chat about that. But we've got a whole bunch of topics. Um, one thing that's been in the media in the last few days is around these um, call and hang up scams, so we wangery as they're being called, so we'll dive into that. Uh, we want to talk about computerising your brain and becoming a cyborg. Um, Emmy, you seem quite excited about that, uh, that, that concept, uh, so we'll talk about that. Um, been playing with some new phones over the last few days. Um, Samsung Galaxy... S8 and the uh, S8 Plus, rather nice. Um, there is also the Huawei uh, P10 and uh, P10 uh, Plus that um, are about to launch in New Zealand, uh, so we may have a little, little chat about uh, that as well, um, and Social Media Marketing World. Two Degrees and what they're up to. Um, I think we've got a couple of interesting bits of news this week, but um, the one thing we do know about so far, out of uh, announcements from uh, Two Degrees this week, is an unlimited mobile plan, which is a new thing for New Zealand. Not just unlimited calling and texting, but unlimited data. Uh, So keen to chat about that. Um, And if we get a little bit of time at the end, we may may jump in on uh, what's happening in the... um, the space race that's a term we haven't heard of for a while um but it looks like um there is things are really heating up in that world so maybe that uh term becomes relevant again um but first up let's uh let's talk about this idea of um scam calls now did either of you get any of these odd missed calls on your phones smartphones or your mobiles over the weekend
2: not over the weekend, but I think I have had something like this before, and it and it really it would catch anybody out because you just don't think it's going to happen. And when you see a phone number come up, you automatically want to call back, don't you?
0: Sometimes it, um, yeah. I mean, I, I guess you know, for me, if I miss a miss a call um, during the working day, then well, yeah, I guess any time then that could yeah you know, could be a client that's trying to reach me. Um, if yeah, if I don't recognise the number, then I guess yeah, there will certainly be times when I will return return that uh, return that call without you know knowing who it was who called me. Um, so yeah, what what we know around the scam and there, there's there's some interesting bits and pieces online. So there are some variations on this concept, but what seems to have been hitting a lot of uh, a lot of Kiwis is a missed call uh from a number usually starting with two zeros which tends to be a dead giveaway that it's an international call um but of course if you don't make international calls regularly you may not you may not realize um and i think there's also now i've seen a a variation on the 0800 number where it's got two zeros before the eight Uh, which effectively works. And and I'm not sure exactly on what the number looks like, but I remember seeing something like this, I think, from... Uh, I think from Apple, where it would take you to an international you know call center, but it wasn 't strictly didn 't strictly look like a normal local number uh, put it that way so but these these calls apparently been originating uh, from uh, Chad in Africa uh, and there were numbers double uh, or 0023 as the uh, the prefix on these these calls. And yeah, of course, if you don't click, that it might be a, an expensive sort of number to call. Then, uh, then there's that chance that you're going to think, "Oh, I've missed that call. I'll just call them back and uh, clock up a bit of a phone bill and be generating some money for somebody at the other end."
2: And apparently, um, w- Wangari—that's um, how you say—originates from Japan. It means one ring, one one ring, and then cut. Yes. So you really are just. You know, getting that straight away. So this, I think, this is a fraud that's been going around for a few years in in different forms.
0: Yeah, I believe so. And uh, and there were some variations on it in the in the UK, um, which I just read about today. But it was, I guess, it was you know, it was one of my thoughts in terms of how this type of thing could happen to defraud people is people missing a call from a, a premium number like I mean in New Zealand we have O nine hundred numbers. I don't I don't think they're very common these days. Um I remember setting uh setting one up as the first uh uh tech support line, O nine hundred tech support line when they launched this in New Zealand. Uh, probably 25 years ago Um, and that at that time I think it was something like it was a it was a flat rate maybe it was $25 for a a call Um, but yeah those could be considerably more expensive so that's one of the other variations you miss a call from an expensive number like that you call it back without uh, without realizing could get very expensive uh, very quickly and do we
2: know how much it is costing people
0: i think it would vary according to their uh, their telco what it costs for them to you know terminate a chad call and of course the other side of that is you might not actually be calling chad because with you know voice over ip and so on i mean the person you know the person could be sitting in Auckland or, or wellington or wherever you are um who who's actually initiated that that process and there are varying ways i would imagine of you know faking these things and um uh, manipulating this system in various ways, and there's there's been a bit of reporting around some um, unusual methods that yeah potentially can come into play with this, but I haven't found any any clarity on exactly what those situations. Other than uh, Telco uh, people I've spoken to that are saying, look, this isn't this isn't our issue. So, you know, someone can call and and hang up. We can't you know we can't stop that from happening. And of course, if they were to start, I guess blocking all the calls from one country. That might not be ideal either, right? No
2: no might have relatives in Chad
0: <laughs> well yeah i mean there's there's you yeah, know there are communications between every country, right, so you can't just you know spark or Vodafone or any of the others couldn't just put a put a block on that uh, that country and
2: do we know if it's affecting customers of all the telcos or is it particularly one telco that Customers are being targeted.
0: I haven't heard of it relating specifically to one telco, and I, uh, you know, I think these days it will probably, and you know, unless there was some compromise into a telco's network, then pretty hard for people to actually, you know, necessarily target one or the other. I'm not sure there'd be a particular reason um, to do so, but yeah, I guess there's there's they're able to the the. The receiver, when you call them back, is must be making something for that that termination component of the call, and um, there were there was a, a variation on this uh, quite some years ago in New Zealand. It was, I think it was, it was completely legitimate, um, and it was an internet provider who. Basically, they made their money based on the call termination charges. So in the days of dial-up internet, uh, there was I for free. I think there may have been one other. And basically, you could dial into them and it would be no charge at all. And they would make their money because um, as a telco, the caller, you the the telco that was calling them had to pay them whatever the standard rate was for uh for the course you know it was uh, let's say it was 2 cents a minute for uh, uh for the slice of that call cost but of course uh telecom and you know the other providers of which there weren't so many back in at, at that time um under the Legislation basically had to give home users a you know unlimited free local calling, so they set up a number that you could call that cost you nothing but your telco had to pay to terminate that call, and of course, their service was free because they hoped you would stay connected for lots and lots of minutes and and hours because they were getting um, whatever it was a dollar twenty an hour uh, while you were connected or whatever that rate ended up. Um, so you know, I guess that that was a legitimate, uh, somewhat legitimate uh, use of that. I think in the end, actually, that um, uh, that got uh, cut off, and um, it wasn't ultimately a, a legitimate long-term uh, um, business. But it uh, it did work for a while. But I mean, Pauline, were you, do you when you miss calls? Do you sometimes call back if you don't know who it is?
1: Well, no, I sort of don't ever pick up my phone, so <laughs> I don't have that problem. Actually, while we were talking about it, I was thinking I did get a quite a few overseas calls, but then I know no overseas people, if they want to contact me, they'll Skype me. So I never pick them up. And if they don't leave a message, well, then, yeah.
2: And so if, I don't. if people are getting these calls, are they suggesting that, I mean, obviously, I think we, we delete the number, but are, are we supposed to be reporting the fact that we've got these calls?
0: I, I I don't think so. I mean, some some of the uh, some of the reporting that I read from other variations on this were highlighting things like uh, you know if your phone had got compromised. So most platforms are well, um, some platforms are more secure than others. So if you had installed something dodgy and more, you know, the risk these days is more around Android than. Than um, other platforms where you know people tend to um, um, leave things a bit more open, and the platform itself is a, is a little bit more susceptible to these things. Um, then, if you had a dodgy app on there, then that app could potentially be calling you know numbers that are generating big charges. Um, mm-hmm. But I spoke to uh, Mark uh, Callender today from um, what used to be uh, Core Plus. Uh, and uh, the now Vocus group, and you know he was saying that there's there's a pretty big cost a year for for them as a provider um, dealing with um, uh, you know fraud related issues within that telecommunications areas, whether it's somebody whose phone system gets hacked, uh, whether it's you know people calling these sorts of numbers, I mean they will have a cost. If you know, if someone calls through them to Chad, they're going to have to pay for that call. Uh, but he says there's quite a bit that they have to write off on an annual basis. I think a, a number he mentioned was around a million dollars a year uh, for their business, which is wow. um, that's um, that's it's not a, not a small amount of money. There's mm-hmm. quite a few other things you could do with uh, with a with million dollars a year if it was uh, if it was spare. And so uh, you know, if that's the sort of number that uh, that they're dealing with uh That would be um, somewhat higher shall we say for uh, Spark and Vodafone whose um, uh, market shares are, are a, you know a, a chunk larger so you know, I guess across the industry' be quite a few million here in New Zealand so not um, not ideal, but uh, be cautious and if you 've got somebody within your uh, family or workplace who um, you know is used to just returning missed calls, you might want to give them a little bit of a, a heads up around so. this one. Um be somewhat cautious for the next little while. Now on to uh on to other topics. Um Neural Lace. This is um this is rather interesting. So the last few days we've heard um about uh, Elon Musk and um a business he's involved in and this concept of uh of neural lace which is um i guess in in, in uh, simple terms it's, it gets injected into your uh brain and allows you to create an interface uh, between your brain and um the computer
2: and the computer. direct link between the mind and the computer
0: it's Kind of Ooh, freaky, isn't it?
2: Very freaky. It sounds cool.
0: So would you both do it?
2: Hmm. I would do it if it had been tested on quite a few people first. You know, if, if it, uh, once it, just before it became mainstream, I'd do it. I don't think I'd like to be part of the first batch of guinea pigs that um, got this
0: technology. You wouldn't want to be. Me-
2: electrodes going into your brain. It's messed, quite full on. M-
0: messed up by it going wrong or not being done quite right.
2: Very yeah, much so.
1: wait for two yeah <laughs> yeah
0: definitely <laughs> you have to rip it out and get an upgrade every uh every few months
1: so what what sort of things can you do with it what you know it's an interface to your computer so what sort of where where are we thinking
0: well you know I think the po- the possibilities are potentially endless if you could create a um you know an appropriate sort of interface um I mean there's a huge amount that we don't know I guess you know the, the 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 first stages would be pretty pretty simple wouldn't they
2: I think you could probably do you know all sorts of things whether you could do from from a simple day-to-day basis you know it would get to the stage where instead of you physically having to type out your your social media posts, you'd just be able to think what you were going to say and it would pop up Right I'm sold I'm on, on I'm the 1.0 let's go <laughs> Or you know you could take it to the other extreme and say okay well you know uh, if you're going to operate machinery, or operate an aircraft, or operate something like that, you could do it with your mind completely, yeah. rather than operate it either physically or, I suppose, at the moment, yeah, very, some sort uh, of automated X-Men. system. It or, does, but it is the future. This is what's going to happen. Or I
1: something think. simple like writing down your shopping list.
2: I think day-to-day tasks actually yeah. is where it, you'd have a lot more fun with it.
1: Yeah. Hmm.
0: Hmm. You're
2: not sounding convincible.
1: You'd never, it's, you'd um, never forget anything. Because you've got no excuses. There are, lots, there are
0: lots of great possibilities, but it—I guess—it reminds me too much of the Matrix, and I don't want to get stuck in that Matrix. And we're already—we're already, you know, heading down that track, aren't we? A little bit, yeah. You know, with all the technology and and, and gadgets and and so on. Um, do we do we need it?
2: Well, I think already it's a—it's sort of taking it a step further than what. We're seeing now, which is people being able to um, use mind control to operate things like limbs. I mean, that's already happening, so it's just taking it even further.
0: And some of that stuff is, yeah, it's is mind very, It's very cool, isn't it? Mm. It's, it's, it's. Um, and you're right. I mean, that's that's possible right now, and um, that's being done. But this is is definitely a uh, a jump or two uh, further. Further down the track of of what, you know, I think for most people would seem like science fiction that um, they're not expecting to become a reality in their lifetimes.
1: I'd like it to take photos. You know, photos with your eyes, so you don't have to pull out a camera. That'd be pretty cool. It would be good.
0: If you get good high definition photos, it would save it would save the issues of having to charge your phone, wouldn't it?
1: Well, you could just get a wire and plug it in, charge yourself up.
0: <laughs> there is so much, so much excitement ahead. Um, so, I mean, this yeah, this is an interesting one. It seems there's a few. Um, well, yeah, there's there's more than just um, um, Elon uh, Musk's uh, company, which has launched uh, called uh, Neuralink. Um, the what's the other player that we've we've read about um brian johnson who's a, a silicon valley on entrepreneur um who he sold his startup to uh, paypal for 800 million and he's building a company called uh kernel um and uh yeah looks like they're uh they're working in this area of neural tools so um I think we will we will see some some pretty interesting maneuvers over the next few years as this sort of stuff uh, moves ahead. I guess to start with we'll be um we'll be learning about what's on the minds of um probably smaller and uh and and more furry uh creatures as I imagine if they can get away with that that would be uh Maybe where they start um, but there are there are all sorts of um you know positive opportunities in, in terms of uh you know dealing with uh you know treating things like uh you know parkinson's and epilepsy and and so on i mean getting a track on maybe things that are that are you know maybe um, starting to impact somebody but but not noticeable this type of technology might be able to figure some of those things out. And uh, and work out how to avoid them or minimise them or, or or get around um, you know those those situations entirely. So there could be some pretty positive things in there, but it still is a bit sort of whoa. <laughs> um, now on to uh, related subjects. Um, Emma, there was um, a news article about. Um, well, I think it was titled Cyborgs at Work. Now, this was a Swedish uh to do with a Swedish uh company if I if I'm correct uh that we we talked about on the podcast probably about 2 years ago um you want to fill us in on what, what, what that's about?
2: They're back in the news again, and I wonder whether it's because they're, they're basically growing um, the number of staff that have got these chips implanted. But this is um, microchips being implanted in employees' hands to enable them to do sort of everyday tasks like, you know, open a door, operate a printer, pay for something in the canteen. And all of the employees are getting these microchips inserted for free how generous is oh, the company very generous <laughs> of their
0: employer it's just, it's, it sounds it's about the size of a, a grain of rice put it under their skin and it's i guess it's probably cheaper than swipe cards because people lose their swipe cards and mm. things like that and um, you get slightly higher productivity So they're going to measure people's time and what they're doing and we have they have too many toilet breaks and for how long um
2: I think body ha- it's known as body hacking, isn't it, when you put the microchip into the body. And I think this is quite, um, I wouldn't say commonplace in, in places like Sweden, but it's certainly growing in popularity as a, as a way of testing all sorts of different things. Mm. If it saves you having to carry a swipe around your mm. neck to get in the door and, you know, credit card in your pocket and your phone to do something else. if it If it does all those basic tasks for you, then, you know
0: you really do want to be a cyborg? Don't I you I like Emma? the
2: idea. I don't like the idea of my work knowing what I do when I get home or you know being able to track where I'm going for example and certainly yeah. don't want them to know how long I'm taking you know for my lunch break or my toilet break or, or anything else but
0: Yeah and how about for your family do you would you want to track them or would you and would you want their um you know uh, other people to be able to you know track your child
2: or yeah it starts getting a bit dodgy doesn't it it might be good for a parent to be able to track a child I mean in a way that would be no different to having a GPS tracker on them it just means they can't take it off Um, would I like somebody else to be able to track my child absolutely not Mm -hmm. that's a hard one Mm.
0: Pauline are you into uh, well you know my, my, my
1: child was pretty dangerous and was never around so I'd I think I would like to track when you know he was younger, but definitely not having anyone else track. You know, that, that's always the worry, right? If it
2: gets hacked, you know how dangerous is everything it? gets hacked. And, and really, how different is it to carrying around a phone? Because that's right. you know that, in all intents and purposes, well, is, sort of is allowing is, you to is be tracked. It's very
0: simple. I mean, I don't think it's much much more than a variation on the um, you know the RFID. Uh, chips or the uh, you know tap to pay credit cards and th- and and things like that. There's mm. not uh, there's not a, a you know probably a huge amount to it, but um, that'd be my initial thought. But yes, be worth. Um,
1: I mean, uh, when they're older, you can track them with a the phone.
0: Investigating, and you can always sure just you know we've seen it on TV. You can always <laughs> just grab a knife and cut the thing out, right? Ugh. You know, get a get That's away a from graphic. it. So um, you know yeah it might be a bit of a bit of a bit of red but um <laughs> you know, it, uh you would be you'd be free of that which controls you mm, uh, yeah. so yeah um yeah i was curious that this came up in the that came up in the media again i'm i'm not seeing a a, a um, yeah anything that's particularly new from when we talked about it. Uh, last time, I haven't. I'm not aware of it sort of having particularly increased in popularity, or anyone in, in New Zealand following down the same uh, the same tracks. But if any of our listeners have um, have got any thoughts on this, or uh, you've got a little tech startup out there and uh, you're getting into the space, or you've decided to. Um, uh, offer your employees uh, chips under their skin. Um, I would be very interested in, in hearing a bit more.
2: Apparently, at Epicenter they actually hold parties for people willing to get implanted. You know, come along, have a drink, get a chip implanted for free.
0: <laughs> well, I guess you know if you're if you've been drinking a lot, then you know the inhibition comes down, and you're much more likely to say yes. So you can see how that uh, how that might well. Um, that might well tie in now talking of uh talking of gadgets um now not under your skin um but new new gadgets um samsung galaxy s8 and s8 plus were announced last week now emma you had a little bit of a, a look at these i um, did and in fact we've got the we've got the um the s8 uh here at the moment um now hold on i've got to hold it at the right distance. Ah uh, there we go it's written uh, a scanner has just unlocked the device for me. Um, what did you think there's three three sorts of ways to get in one with the fingerprint reader, um, which has been on on iphones and galaxies and other phones for a few years, but they've moved that to probably a slightly more inconvenient position on the back i
2: I have to say moving it to the back was a strange move for me there's no
0: room on the front because you've uh, filled up the front with the screen now right exactly
2: so are are people using the the fingerprint reader less and less is that the idea because you know you pick your phone up you've got to sort of reach behind it to use the fingerprint scanner what happens if if you put a, a case on the phone does that make it unusable as well but I suppose you 've got the fingerprint um, reader you 've got the iris scanner, and you 've got facial recognition all letting you into the phone, although I have to say I did hear in the last couple of days that there's been a little bit of um, concern over the facial recognition technology um, yeah I, th- I mean that's, certain- that's
0: expected in fact in the, in the um, the time I spent with with uh, Samsung um, talking about it, it was you know, it was highlighted that that is a a less you know, secure uh, way of um, of recognising the user because as we know from um, previous technologies that do the same thing, you could hold up a photo in front of it, and if it's just doing a, a bl- if it's just a, a standard camera that's doing that recognition, then it can't tell the difference between a real person and uh, and, and and a, and a photograph or a video, um, which is, which is why we see the three D sensors. Um, you know, and like yeah, HP's has it in Elite Books and Microsoft have it in their Surface Pros where it, you know, it's getting a three D uh view and it's you know, it's actually able to recognize a real person as opposed to a uh, a picture so yeah, that's one of one of three um i mean overall i think the phone the phone is stunning and it looks really cool i like the idea of having this screen that fills up the very large majority of the front of the phone but that is the downside is that there's no room for the fingerprint reader on the front and because of those curved edges unlike sony they can't put the um, yeah, I don't think they've maybe got quite enough room on the side to put the fingerprint reader in the um, you know in the button on the side. Uh, so you've got your on off um, um, or power you know your power button on the side and your your volume rocker and your your Bixby key for their uh, Bixby AI assistant. Um, but those I guess are too small to act as uh, as fingerprint readers uh, because I actually I found it it works quite well on Sony's Xperia. Um, models that have that on the side, that that fingerprint reader works quite well. So, yeah, you do. If you want to use a fingerprint reader, which is usually the quickest form of recognition, um, then that will take a little while getting used to. So that was the little bit that got me. After using it over a few days, was I wasn't naturally holding it in such a position that my finger would land in the right spot. And of course, it's also right next to the camera on the back, and you're worried about getting your fingerprint all over the camera, so you, you tend to keep looking at it. Um, so that that's that was probably the big um, you know standout for me in terms of a downside in terms of um, the device, but overall very nice. Overall
2: it's a good looking phone and I think the screen size is, it makes a huge difference and trying to watch a movie or look at photos when you've got you know, the removal of the bezels around the edge I mean it's beautiful. It really is a stunning-looking screen, and I think a lot of people use their phones for that kind of thing. So that's actually what they're looking for when they buy a phone. You know, it does Mm. come down to appearances. It does come down to to, to overall, you know, how great their photos look, how good their movies look.
0: Mm. Um, It does seem that the the idea of having a a fairly waterproof and dustproof uh, device, you know, now that Apple are doing it as well as Samsung, um, yeah, it's now really becoming an expectation, isn't it, for a top... Uh, a top-end device that you kind of have to have those uh those capabilities in there and I think um but it's going to be- g- it's gonna get much harder now for uh, other players to to launch phones that they expect to win market share against uh, Apple and Samsung, mm. to do so unless they have that that um, well water resistant and dust resistant. Um, so it's got an IP sixty
2: eight rating. Yeah, that, and I think so. And it can be submerged in water for is it over a meter or a meter and a half? Meet,
0: meter and a half, I mm. think they say. So um, oh, you let's know.
2: test it. My theory is if you can lie in the bath and use your phone and drop it and not worry about it, yeah. then that's
0: a good phone. <laughs> bath is probably a good place to get away from your phone no
2: no the bath is the best place to look at the phone
0: (laughs) all right fine um i'm not a big bath addict myself but um but but you know i can i can understand you put two addictions together there that could um yeah could could work for some some people well hopefully
1: Uh won't they just bring out a cover for the phone that has a hole to put
0: your um, finger, finger through for your fingerprint reader? Yeah,
1: like for me, hmm. it's really important that I have a cover on mine because I'm forever dropping it,
2: you know. Well, interestingly, didn't, didn't Huawei try a fingerprint reader on the back of their phone for their one of their last models? I think it might have been the P9. Yeah. And then they took it off this year's flagships so it'll be interesting to see whether samsung feel that having the fingerprint reader on the back works this time around or not yeah. and whether people will just forgo the the inconvenience of that um because they've got all of these other cool features as well
1: yeah well, i mean i mean one of the things is that you know you look around and everyone um has covers on their phone you know whether they keep their wallet um you know their cards they have that little flappy thing which i think is annoying but you know, but yeah, having a sturdy case is kind of important. So, you'd think they'd come out with something. And
2: who hasn't dropped their phone at some stage? You know yeah. everybody drops their
1: and phone.
0: Then, you know, have Oh, I it. never, I never have. Him. It's expensive <laughs> not, to cover. Not in the last know, hour. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, so I mean, that's something I think. Yeah, that would worry me.
0: Um, now, yes, yeah, so I think we've got. There's a little bit of disappointment around the, um, the, the. Samsung S8 and the S8 Plus is that we don't get it in New Zealand until the 5th of May. So it sounds oh, wow. like we're a couple of weeks behind the it's rest only, of the world. Only,
2: only a couple of weeks behind the US and Korea, isn't it? And I think... Two weeks. Two weeks is two weeks, Paul. It's, I mean, it's to save up a bit
0: more money. It's fine for us because we've got one right here. Um, but um, I know when these new things come out, I, I think you know, we should get it at the same time as the rest of the world, surely.
2: Well, I think Samsung know they're going to do well with these phones. I mean, Kiwis love big phones. I think we're one of, in, in terms of countries, we're one of the, the markets that actually do go for the bigger phones, don't we? Um, so I don't think they're going to have any problem um, attracting customers. And people have been hanging out for, for, for this phone, particularly after the, the whole Note 7 debacle. Oh, this you weren't going to
0: mention that, were you? Well, I, oh. think, I
2: think it's fair to because I think they have redeemed oh, themselves beautifully. Really? I think this is a really nice phone and I think yeah. it's going to do really well.
0: Yeah, well, well I mean, there's still that disappointment. Isn't there that the Note 7 didn't come? Pauline, what do you think? Because you'd you'd be interested in the Note 7. It's a good...
1: Oh, no, I'm an iPhone girl, so let's not go there. But we've had a question on our Facebook page, which is really interesting, from Daryl. And he says, does it favour the right-handed person? What about the left-handed? So, you know, if you put it on your right hand, just with the fingerprint on the back, can you do it with your left hand just as comfortably? You know, that's kind of...
0: Good, good question. Um, not being now, I've got to pretend to be left hand. Yeah, I mean you've just got to get used to putting your finger. I mean the the fingerprint sensor is just In the to middle. the to the uh, to the right of the camera, and that that's I guess is the thing that's a little bit weird for me because we got used to uh, LG putting it under the camera, and there was. And I thought that was actually that worked okay because often I will rest a finger, sort of, you know, you, lie, you have a thumb on the side of the phone, and then maybe a, a finger that ends up landing somewhere under the camera, and that seemed to work. That seemed to work reasonably well. But now you've kind of got to creep your finger up a little bit further, so you've got to hold the phone a little bit, a little bit differently, um, and then make take it across to the side so you're not actually touching the um, the camera lens. So there's not i don't think there's too much to complain about this phone in fact, last week on um, and i can 't remember who it was because I did speak to a few um, different media outlets, but one of them was asking me to give it a, a out of ten rating and having having just had my hands on it for a short while at that stage i was you know my feeling was that it was about as close to ten as you could get you know I think when you use something you you know you you find any of the, the the actual realities you know in terms of your personal preferences once you used it um the uh the, so so i wouldn't quite give it that much uh now but you know in terms of choices there aren't really you know, there's only a very small number of of phones that sit right at the right at the top of the stack and uh you know i think samsung are right there The the design i think is better than an iphone yeah, I think it's the nicest designed, you know, phone that that we can we can get right now. Um although LG have a have a somewhat similar looking model with a similar uh screen that will be launching here in in New Zealand soonish.
2: And it'll be interesting to see what Apple do do later in the year and just how similar their mm. phone will look, you know, are they going to go for the same size screen? Is it going to have the same feel generally? It'll be mm. interesting to see how much difference there really is.
0: Well the thing that um Apple have at the moment and the reason why I've been using um the iPhone uh, 7 Plus is they've got that second camera and the the 2x zoom or the two time zoom that comes with I think that that's something which um we're not seeing from uh, from Samsung at the moment and uh you know I think anyone who's sort of serious about photography will appreciate the quality of cameras we've got in our top end phones um but if you ever want to zoom it's you know it's one of those one of those challenges up there with shooting in the dark and um you know that's why a lot of us still have you know digital slrs and and mm-hmm. you know varying cameras with good good zoom lenses uh be it for video or for uh or for, for still and so um yeah, that's that's something I'm sure you know must be on Samsung's uh list of considerations. So uh yeah. Alright, um now we will next week we will talk about Huawei's uh P ten and P ten Plus because that uh that launches here very shortly. Um they do have what looked like a little secret up their sleeve that I was told um was I wasn't to talk about, um, but I did see this. I did see this information published on a particular uh, tech company's uh, site today. So, has it been
2: leaked already? Because um, I'd heard that there was something excited, uh, exciting to talk about, but we had to wait a week or so.
0: Yeah. So, well, I read it online on another source uh, today. So I feel quite comfortable um, mentioning it because it has already been um, been public, um, and. That is that there will be Maori um, language on uh, on Huawei phones uh, going forward. Now, interestingly, this isn't a brand new thing because Huawei did launch a phone with two degrees going back. Oh, can't remember exactly when. Sometime in the last two to four years, mm. um, that had the interface had been sort of updated um, to uh, Maori. Um, and yeah, for the, for those that are interested, in case there's any PR people who are uh, wanting to nail me to the wall, um, I read about this on the PB Tech uh, website, who were taking pre-orders for uh, Huawei's phones, and uh, all of the details were there and in, in living colour. Um, so, don't, uh, so I shouldn't be in trouble. Um so yeah that's uh, that's what's happening around uh, the P10 but uh, we'll dive into that next week when it's all all public. Um I had a little bit of time playing around with um with their new phones and um well with the with the P10 plus and um it looks nice but it is it's definitely uh a different offering to what you know Samsung and and Apple are doing but I think you know they're continuing to release good good quality product and they deserve that um Uh, That third place that they've got in market share in the world I think absolutely
2: Huawei are getting better and better with their phones and really the P10 is a great offering as well Mm. but the nice thing is there's so much to choose from nowadays I think for for people you know it it used to just be the Samsung Apple race and now you've got so many good phones out there and I have actually started seeing more and more people with Huawei phones which you know a couple of years ago pretty, pretty non-existent really over here
0: yeah, I mean they've they've done well. I mean I think we've still got there's some great great devices coming from Sony and LG and and, and others, but uh, yeah, Huawei have have really you know, pushed hard to uh, to win that market share, and uh, you know it's nice to have varying varying range of, of choices as well in terms of what what you spend on your phones, It can be rather pricey, mm. uh, and not everyone. In fact, I saw some stats uh, the other day. They were saying uh that twenty five percent of um of smartphone purchases are in the thousand dollar plus um price point, so there are plenty of people that are interested in a in a you know high end premium device, but that means the other seventy five percent are buying somewhere below the thousand dollar mark and a lot of those are in the um um you know sub two hundred dollar type price points so um yeah there there is interest really right right across the board um, yeah um now on that uh topic of um phone type stuff um <laughs> two degrees announced yesterday what they are calling new zealand's first unlimited mobile plan um now of course everyone's always interested what's unlimited how much data before you before you start you know yeah. beating us up or you come and um, you know you cancel our plan or our SIM card um, what what does that look like um, so you know I think that's that's a that's an expected question and of course those in the um, in the tech world who are um, you know maybe interested in knowing the limits of these things um, the 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 first thing is, is that 2Degrees, as most of these providers do, have a what they call a fair use policy. On their press release it says, Fair use policy applies. Unlimited New Zealand data is for personal use on a customer's eligible mobile plan only. Customers must not use unlimited New Zealand data as a mobile Wi-Fi hotspot to tether with other devices or use for machine-to-machine communications two degrees max which is the name of the plan is not eligible for shared data and then it points you off to their website for full terms and conditions which is just a, the general terms and conditions um so i tried to do a little bit of digging and get a handle on this um but first of all question for both of you if you do you ever tether a device to your smartphone and how important is that to you well, do you do you ever link your laptop over Wi-Fi or another device to get online?
2: Yeah, I do. And I think, you know, not that often, but when I do, it's because I really need it. So mm. what would happen if I, if I was on this plan and I needed to do that? I mean, it, it, does it kick into you, you start paying or how does it work? Because if you can't tether, then that's a problem. Yeah, I totally agree.
1: I mean, usually when I'm tethering, it's because there's no Wi-Fi in the cafe I'm in. So it's usually if a need. You kind of have to, right? You kind of have At to that if that you moment. want it. Yeah, yeah. so... Yeah yeah that would be something that I'd be thinking about if I was going to purchase this plan
0: so I did a little bit of digging around this one because uh in the u s there there have been plans that have not allowed tethering in the past and they have had unlimited plans um and my impression is is that with a lot of the or some certainly some of the phones that uh telco sells there. They've actually had the ability to disable that function. In fact, I've seen a phone with the tethering option disabled um, on it because it's been bought through a through a US carrier. Now that's very different in New Zealand because we use we bring our own all sorts of devices and just plug a SIM card in, uh, and of course you can do the same in the US and, and, uh, and other markets. Um, but two degrees tell me that they can they can tell if you are uh, if you are tethering. Um, so technically, they would be aware, but my my impression is that you would you would get away with it if you weren't going nuts, but I think mm. that that makes it somewhat uncomfortable if you're committing to signing up for a plan that officially says you can 't do this and you know that you need to from time to time um, yeah, most people aren't going to be super comfortable um, about having that in the terms and conditions because there's then you feel like, well there's a there's a risk that at some point they might cut me off. But you know, for me, if I signed up to this plan, I would I think I'd feel pretty relaxed about on the, the you know, the occasions where I need to use it I would. Um, but then the question comes, well, how much can I get away with and so on, right? And then you end up on a difficult slope because you don't know what time they're you know, how far in before they would uh, they would cut you off. Mm. Uh, you know, I'd imagine if you're using under under ten gigs worth of data, you and uh, you know maybe five gigs of that was normal usage, and, and five gigs was was tethered usage. You're very unlikely for them to you to be on their radar at all, but mm. and they won't give you any sort of lines, um, you know, because they want to get a little bit of a feel for how all of this works. Um, but you know, there will there will be, I guess. Um, some probably typical usage that they find for people signing up for this plan, and it might be somewhere between—I don't know—I'm guessing here—people that sign up for this plan probably using between ten and fifty gigs. But there will be a point somewhere, be it you know a hundred gigs or five hundred gigs, um, where they would have a very serious look mm-hmm. at usage. I would think and say, hold on, you're you're falling outside of what we feel is. Uh, uh, fair usage but you know of course because they draw, don't draw those lines those are those are anyone's guess and um yeah mm.
2: how,
0: i mean how how would you feel emma about going on to a plan like this well, or the I, fact I that it says that you can't do tethering you no just wouldn't i wouldn't bother? switch
2: because i don't need to tether very often but i like to be able to
0: tether you need, yeah
2: and so this to me is a nice idea but it seems a bit gimmicky um you know because it's not really unlimited. anyone that it? uses it's, a lot of
0: data tends to need to tether. Well, not everyone, but I would think a large majority would need to tether at some stage, right?
2: And if you're, if you're using it for any kind of business purposes, then that's when you are going to need to tether. So yeah. is this plan aimed at, you know, younger people that, that perhaps aren't using their devices for that kind of thing? I don't know.
0: I, I mean, all of those aside, I think it's pretty cool that mm. we've, Actually got an unlimited, oh, yeah. an unlimited plan available in New Zealand, and you know they say they're they're trying they're trying it out. This is a little bit of a test in the market to see to see what happens. Um, you know they won't necessarily have it available permanently or long term. I would imagine there will be a bunch of people that are going to jump on board with this thing pretty quickly uh you know there are you know some people are spending well over hundred and twenty nine dollars a month on a plan today because they've they've got a plan that as effectively you know they're paying for their smartphone within their plan and so on um so it's not a it's not a crazy price point um you know most people probably don't necessarily need to spend that much just on their plan um but you know I think it's um um, yeah, more expensive than we probably see in in other markets, but in the US where they have unlimited plans, most of those have a have a um, a published sort of soft cap of of sorts. Uh, I think in the probably twenty five to thirty five gigs off the top of my head, that sort of range around you know say thirty gigs is where those caps sort of start. Although it's unlimited, where they start slowing you down and so on. So, yeah. Um, whereas yeah, here they they're they're not suggesting there is any Specific line, and um, you know, hopefully that those that go on it really get to take advantage of it.
1: Yeah, I mean, I definitely think it's it's it needed to come out. You know, people are on their phones twenty four seven, and um, there are places that you can't get Wi Fi or you know. So, I would go on it even because I don't tether that much, but it's definitely
0: you know. And when, do you get to full two degrees coverage where you are because I guess the other side is. There are some places in the country where uh and actually i don't see any reference to this at all there's no reference here to if you're roaming across onto vodafone who they've used where where their you know coverage doesn't isn't Mm. complete uh there's no reference to that so um that's an interesting point it's um yeah that that's that's a curious one i i mean i haven't spoken to two degrees around their, their coverage in recent times i know it's uh, it's pretty pretty strong around the country, um, but you know, I don't think it's um, I don't think it's a hundred percent on their network all the time. I think there are still situations where two degrees use probably roam onto Vodafone, but uh, that might be something else just to check into it. Really, there are any risks there depending on your location? Mm-hmm. Okay, well, yeah, I think yeah mixed mixed uh mixed interest there between the two of you uh which is curious um i would love to hear from uh from any listeners feel free to get in touch around um your thoughts and whether whether you would um whether you would actually jump on a on a plan like this i definitely think there's going to be a bunch of interest and for uh for two degrees who um, the details suggest they've got some got profitable in the last uh, year or so uh, it would be a, a potential way for them to win more more contract and, and uh, higher spending customers which is certainly something mm. uh, that would help their profitability so they'd be very interested in in that and I would imagine this is going to uh, um, going to work quite nicely for them so well done two degrees uh, hopefully the others will follow in um, in their footsteps now, social media marketing world, Pauline. Um, yes, we were there. Um, however many days ago that was? Um, end of end of March. Um, yes, in San Diego. Um, yep. What were the things that stood out from you? Uh, it, was, it was obviously a. It's a. You know, it's a long long way to travel, um, and you you kind of had to go because you were on the on the lineup. One of the speakers. You were yep. uh, hosting a panel um which you chose to, chose to do this year rather than the sort of just doing a, a talk yourself which um I found was really good because I you know got to, got to hear from you but you know get to chat to you fairly often um so <laughs> being able to being able to bring in you know some other people um to talk on the subject that you're quite focused on which is Facebook uh groups yep. um was was really cool
1: yeah, I thought having a panel this year was really important because there were different types of groups and just me talking about it is just one perspective. So I chose, you know, um, four amazing panelists from all across the world and they all came together and it was just, it was a really nice feel. Like I absolutely had a ball and it was really good.
0: It was interesting to me, the, um, you know, the, I guess the diversity in terms of how many um, people and organizations are using Facebook groups as part of their um, their their you know business use of technology yep. right um, and and it 's not a necessarily a a traditional sort of facebook uh, or a traditional usage of social media they 're using uh, i guess you know the Facebook platform as an alternative to uh, hosting a community say on you know traditional uh you know forum or message board type environments like we've seen in the past there there seem to be a, you know, a lot of people that are that are charging say a monthly fee to be a part of a community and then you're using sort of the you know the free capabilities within facebook to uh, uh to do that and and really you know all sorts of all, all manner of uh, areas where people are using that
1: yeah, I mean, it, this is a thing with um, Facebook groups. It's like a hidden commodity. People don't realize how powerful the groups are and how um, businesses are using them. I mean, uh, we've got, you know, free groups, we've got communities, we've got. Um, Location communities, um, real niche down communities and um, you know, business owners are really, you know, using that to get um have conversations with their customers, um, they're direct selling into the groups as well and it's just a really nice um communication tool and that's why I love that's why I love Facebook groups and that's why I love talking about it really. Yeah. So now
0: um one of the other things I found um I found good from a from a i guess a a technology perspective was they had uh, a keynote session that actually ended up being a, a panel as well yep. um that focused on artificial intelligence and and bots or, or, or chat bots as we sometimes call them to to clarify that they're not things that are wandering around um, <laughs> what what did you think of that uh that session what and oh. uh, you know who who were the who were the standouts on that that panel
1: yeah it was a really interesting panel you know growth uh, bots are really popular so if you're not sure what bots are um, it's sort of like a communication tool within for example in Facebook message uh, one of one of the ones they talked about was the growth bot and um, so there I was downloading it and it's really interesting you can ask really um, specific questions and it'll answer those questions for you so for example, you can pick a, um, a well-known website and ask them how much traffic that website gets and it can give you the answers. What's the, t- what's the statistics? I can never say that word.
0: Statistics, this, Pauline. Yeah.
1: Yeah, what's that? <laughs> yeah. On, um, you know, particularly how many people are using mobile phones and, um, you know, I just got a message today saying um, it can tell me, which is quite good for me, uh, how, who are my highest engaging Twitter followers.
0: Right. So it's you know, all stuff that you could find out another way, but it really uh, makes that interface a whole lot easier. Yeah, and they were really talking about what I guess what the what the future of this technology is for uh, yeah. those involved in the social media world, and it's. Um yeah, it's pretty interesting.
1: Yeah, so on the panel, we had um, Brian Kramer, Sandy Carter, um, Christopher Penn, He's like a genius, and um, Christopher <laughs> <laughs> Carfe. And it was really interesting um, how this is going to be the way of the future with customer service. You know, a lot of companies now are using the bots to um, answer customers' questions and you know, like if you use WeChat, there's already bots within WeChat, so you can have conversations and get the answer to what you're looking for for a particular product and stuff like that. Yep.
0: And we're seeing we're seeing that in Skype and Slack. And, yeah. and Messenger and so on, right? And I guess the, the the crossover into social media is that social media is often used as an interface to a customer. Yep. And then, you know, this just becomes another another tool within that, that tool set that uh, the organisation should be considering, right?
1: Yeah. So that particular panel was just mind-blowing for me because the possibilities are endless. So, um, yeah, it, there, were, there were so many great panels. There were so many great speakers. Um, you know, social media, I rave about social media, my God, world every year. I say it's this was the best year. Then I go the following year, and I'm like, "No, this was the best year." And um, you know, you have three thousand marketers and social media experts coming together, and it's a great networking conference, and it's definitely one that you should put on your um, bucket list. Absolutely.
0: Well, that's great. Thank you for sharing those. Um, You're welcome. Is there anything else that we should be discussing on this episode? Have we, well, I think we've covered all the all the all the highlights for this week. I
2: think we've done pretty um,
0: well, yeah. and. Um, Pauline and Will, monitoring the Facebook page Was there any, anything major uh, There may be some comments that we'll go back and have a look at later But was there anything absolutely pressing that we must answer now
1: Well Jamie, Jamie Smith wants you to give him an S8
0: um, Well <laughs> the S8 that we've got here is a boomerang one And I don't think even I'm going to be allowed to hold on to this one permanently um, I think it's one of these sort of pre-production or close to production uh, samples, um, the bit that I haven't fully worked out on it yet, and I was told it wasn't quite ready yet, was um, Bixby, which is the um, uh, the AI, artificial intelligence um, oh. engine that uh, is coming with the S8. Um, some components of that are working, um, but I haven't figured out the whole thing, and I'm figuring that's because the software's just not quite final yet. Um, but um, yeah, hopefully we'll we'll have hands on the final product uh, a little bit closer to launch. But it's it's been a really nice device to play with. So, um, all right, well that wraps us up for this episode of the New Zealand Tech Podcast. Uh, for those that have caught us on the uh, the Facebook Live feed, uh, you can find us at nztechpodcast.com dot um, or you can go to podcasts dot uh, nz online for uh, for our other uh, local New Zealand podcasts. Um, and worldpodcast.com. Pauline, your new podcast has has just launched. Yes. The Social Media Strategy Podcast. Yes,
1: it's very exciting. We launched it at Social Media Marketing World, which was really cool. And um, we've got some great episodes coming up, which I'm really excited about.
2: And is this suitable for anybody who needs sort of any yeah. advice or just general information about social media and, yeah. and how to get involved? Yeah, that's yes. going to be me then. I'm gonna yeah. be
0: listening and watching. Okay. Yep. So yep. yep, good, well worth well worth listen, listening into. Um, yep. And yeah, some really some really good good guests from around the world on that. And um, you know, I think for Pauline, one of the things that um, um, you know with her being a speaker at Social Media Marketing World, um, that's helped her build up all sorts of connections around the world. So she's able to pull some good guests and that yeah. uh, probably would be a, a little bit uh, harder to uh, to track down otherwise so yeah i'm really, um, really, really cool blessed content. with yeah. The,
1: yeah. the guests that we have it's just it's mind-blowing really
0: so off to a good start there now where do we find you both online emma you, you're <laughs> yeah. still occasionally on on twitter right
2: I'm occasionally on Twitter, but I'm more of a voyeur than an actual poster, um, so you can find me at, at Emma Branham. Um, otherwise, you can see me pop up on 3, um, sometimes on the morning show, sometimes in the evening, doing a little bit of technology. Um, but, yeah, that's where you'll find me most of the time.
0: I'm still getting used to TV 3 being just called 3.
2: I know. I have to keep thinking about it when I say it, but, yeah,
0: 3. 3. Do people know? Three. I'm just mentioning a number. Do they know what I'm talking about? um it's like um i deal with um that's quite
1: funny because i don't watch tv so i actually didn't know what you were talking about i was thinking oh yeah maybe it's a website there you go because i don't watch tv i don't have a tv well
0: i've had um one of my clients at gorilla a branding agency who i've been dealing with now actually since before before we started gorilla so probably about 25 years and they just changed their name from velocity creative which was a you know a, a very obvious name and you know so on uh to saturday which is is you know super cutting edge and cool and it and uh you know hearing their brand story it it makes a whole lot of sense but of course it's like you know when you just hear it in isolation yeah uh, you have to have a bit more explanation to know where it fits all right sorry enough about three there emma Um, sorry (laughs) so we can track you down on three and on your twitter exactly that's good and Pauline you're pretty mm. easy to track down on social media aren't you
1: yeah I'm on any platform you want to find me on so my hash, my um, handle is Stockhausen's. so it's my last name with an extra S on the end or otherwise just pauline com is my website
0: that is good well thank you both for, uh, for joining in on the New Zealand Tech Podcast this week oh, thanks Much for having us cool alright thanks everyone for listening we will catch you again next week See ya. Yeah. The New Zealand Tech Podcast, brought to you by Guerrilla Technology, proactive and strategic IT.